Welcome back to the Young Adults for Christ podcast. Thank you for joining us. On this week's podcast, we're going to be discussing how to be on mission all the time, wherever we go, whenever, whatever we do. Yeah. So, I think to start, how are you, Brett? I'm good, thank you, Seb. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? Ah, can't complain. It's been a good week, you know? That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, we had massive rain yesterday. Yeah, And this did. morning. It was really nice. So, I was on a date with Marilyn. Uh, when the thunderstorm came, so it was like beautiful and lightning. It was really nice. Anyways, but yeah, doing very well. It's been a good week. I've been on two weeks of leave, which has been really awesome, and uh, <laughs> just really good to be back in ministry, back in the church, and back with mates. Yeah, yeah. And I think you you had a cool cool little sermony thing on on Wednesday, which was oh, young adults. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It was a really, I think it was an eye opening conversation you started, ah, cool, which man. was which was cool for. Well, I think the rest of the young adults at Rosebank. Thanks, I'm really glad. I was hoping, that's what I was hoping for. Like, um, I wanted to invite you guys into kind of the stuff I've been asking myself around, like why God and why all of this and why church. And so I, I didn't really know where it was going to land, but I was keen to just get guys talking about like, why do we do any of the stuff around us? Obviously because of God, but why, you know? Yeah. And so I'm glad you guys had a good chat. Yeah, it definitely sparked conversation, which was cool. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. buddy. All right, so for today. Yes. Missionaries. Or missions? Your missions, eh? Okay. I, I, I'm on the mission side, I think. Yeah? So, I think what I've noticed around the community is that missions and missionaries seem to go together and everyone's scared to separate them. Okay, yeah. Because we're all called to be on mission yeah. if we read different verses in the Bible. Yeah. But we think that only missionaries can go on mission. Okay. So... I think today's conversation, I'm hoping, will show the difference between a missionary and a mission. Okay, that's cool. Or being on mission. Being on say. mission. Yeah. Cool, I like that. Yeah, so where, where do you see this this conversation landing? Yo, um, it's, it's a broad topic, um, and it, there's so much to be said um, around what it means to be on mission. Um, but I, I, I like... I mean, I asked you the question, so but I, I do like the distinction that you brought, because I think um, at times we think, and I, I know you, in the show notes you, you sent me, you know, there's like we'll be talking about um, the professionals and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but oftentimes we're like the missionaries are the guys who are on mission and doing their things over here, and you know, as long as I pay my tithe uh, to the church, they'll fund them and off they'll go, and it's actually I think so much more than that, and we'll sometimes escape into uh, well, I'm not called to go to, I don't know, Turkey or Eastern Europe or Africa. Or so, But my church is doing it, so I'm a part of the missionary work. Yeah. But there's actually, I think missionaries are doing something specific. And they're going cross-culture, cross-borders to go be on mission in that place. We're just on mission in this place, waiting maybe for God to call us to go somewhere else. But until he calls us somewhere else, we are missionaries here, on sure. mission here. So like yeah. missions is the overarching thing and we are all missionaries. Some missionaries just go cross-culturally, cross-borders. Um, other missionaries like you and me live in the city that they were born into and brought up yeah. into. And so for me, that's the, like, that's the distinction. Um, so, but yeah, I've, I love, I've been on a couple of missions trips. Um, I love Rosebank's union's heart for, uh, missionaries and being on mission. And I just love the idea that 
to be on mission is to go and just tell people that there is a savior out there mm. um, that they are loved by God and that there's a place for them. And that place is a local church. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad we're having this discussion. Yeah. And I think to kick off the conversation, I think the first one, I think of missions and I think of, of the gospel. I think of like, the Kickstarter is to life, the Great Commission Yeah. in Matthew 28. And I mean, let me read it quickly Please for do. you. It says, so starting in 16, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the ends of the age. So good. And I think what, why this verse always stands out for me is, it says here, I give you all authority in heaven and on earth. So Jesus has given us that authority to go to all nations, teaching them, about him he's given us that authority to go to everyone yeah. not just to other believers mm. not just to the amazon rainforest or outer mongolia <laughs> up the road in santon yeah like he said go be disciples to make more disciples yeah and without making more disciples not everyone's going to hear it mm. and for for people to hear or to know jesus they need to hear yeah. So if we're not willing to, if we, let's say you work up in a, in a corporate place up in Santon, mm -hmm. if you're not willing to go at tea time and speak like to the, to the person next to you at your desk about Jesus, then why are we here? Sure. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, while you're talking about that, it was that one quote you mentioned to me earlier, like I think oh. it was the Charles Spurgeon quote, that comes to mind because it, 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 it seems quite aggressive what you're saying. Basically, in summary, you're saying if you're not willing to tell people around you about Jesus, maybe you're not a Christian. Yeah. I mean, like to put it bluntly. And now for us to say that, that's wild. But there was a way clearer person who said basically the same thing. Yeah. Give us the quote. I mean, Charles Spurgeon said... Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. <laughs> One more time, read it again. Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Yeah, I mean that that's that's like hectic, but but going again, reading of um, uh, Matthew twenty-eight. Yeah, you are my disciples. Go therefore and make more disciples. Like exactly. it's a clear instruction, just as. Uh, Jesus instructs us to be baptized. He instructs us to take the Lord's Supper. And he, he expects these things of us. And so he therefore also expects us to go and do this. And yeah. so as a Christian, it's our job. Like that's what you were, you're wondering what your purpose is on earth? Make disciples. There yeah. you go. You might have to do some other stuff that helps you make money. But that making money is a chance for you to make disciples. Exactly. It's yeah. radical. And I think when I read that Charles Spurgeon, Spurgeon quote, I went, Whoa, that's hectic. <laughs> and, but like, like you were saying, if we read the Great Commission, he's just summarized it. Yeah. Essentially. He's just taken two verses from the Bible and said, well, if you're not a missionary, you're an imposter. And I think that 
that is so like key to our life with Jesus mm-hmm. because Jesus doesn't want us to just be between, let's say, us here, mm-hmm. between the three of us talking about him. Yeah, He wants us to talk to other people about him because yeah. he wants to love all. He doesn't want to love just the specific few. Well, um, I mentioned to you uh, that, you know, I thought of the Isaiah 52 passage. Yeah. But then when Paul quotes it in Romans 10. So I was going to read that quickly for us in Romans 10 uh, verse 14. Um, this is what Paul writes. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And so essentially, yeah, Paul is saying, well, how are people going to believe in someone who they can't believe in? So then, well, then how are they going to believe in someone if they haven't heard? And how are they going to hear if no one is preaching? So essentially, go take the good news because feet that bring good news are beautiful feet. Yeah. Um, and so like what you're saying there is, well, how are people going to hear about it if all we do is insularly talk about this amazing man, named Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. It, no one's ever going to hear about it if we aren't willing to take Jesus to the water cooler, you know, or take yeah. Jesus to the campus. And not in like, I mean, I think pe- Bible bashing, you know, and people immediately think like, oh, so I must just go read scripture on the on the street corner. <laughs> like, no, I'm not saying that. Some people do need to do that because some people will get saved through that. Yeah. But my fault, I, I don't want to do I that. I don't want to do that either. I, I think there are other ways of doing it, like winsomely. But um, like I think of... Uh, how people are so willing to talk about Man United and their passion and love for United or uh, something else that they, su- I mean, like for me, the Springboks, you know, like you don't need to know that I love the Springboks. It's like Sia Khaleesi, he's my man. Like he's the captain of our nation, you know. <laughs> I, like I love the Springboks and I talk about them so passionately. And mm. when they lose, I still love them. When they win, I love them even more. Um, but am I willing to talk around the fire at the Bri on a Saturday as passionately about Jesus and what he's done in my life as I am the Springboks, yeah. regardless of the crowd. you know. And I'm slowly coming to this awareness of like, if I don't do this, I think I might be disobeying God. If I'm not willing to just be passionately on fire wherever I am talking about Jesus in a way that is like honest and true and not like creepy and weird, yeah. then I think how many more people would be coming to faith because they'd be like, there's something different about that guy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think it was, it's been a conversation that I've had in my own head with myself, but I think I've had it, or I had it with a friend of mine this week, that I think I delved down my passion for Jesus to make conversations with people that don't know Jesus less awkward. Mm, yeah. And I think I've, through through the research for this and through just a, a gradual conversation with Jesus about it, I've come to the conclusion with that, like, I don't need to dull down my Jesus. I mm. need to dull down my Sebastian yep. and put up my Jesus more. So cool. Because the more Jesus there is, like, yeah, people might not like me as much, mm. but life isn't about me. Yeah. Life is about Jesus and what I can do for Jesus. Yeah, good. So I think, and that's just, it's hard. I mm. mean, there's songs about putting Jesus first, making him your cornerstone, all these things. And I think, in theory, it's easy, mm. right, to to say, cool, today I'm going to, but to actually put it into practice, to actually stop being, to die to yourself yeah. and to become more like Jesus is, it's a, it's a hard, ever-growing, ever, 
like changing process within yeah. your own life. That's good. But like, yeah, I think I'm reading a book at the moment called uh, Disappearing Church by Mark Sayers. And like, he, he, he's so intelligent and your man, he writes, <laughs> I have to reread a lot of stuff to get what he's saying. Okay, so not a book for me. <laughs> <laughs> now you'll, you'd love it, Seb, I promise. And, um, like one of the things he says is just how the church has adopted like the world standard of marketing and how we try and market ourselves well to draw people in. Um, but then we wonder why we lose them so quickly. Mm. Um, and so I was just quite convinced around well, reading that in the sense of, I think I sometimes try to package Jesus really well or package church or so that when I do present him to someone, um, mm. I'm like doing it in a, a certain way that is like marketable that makes sense uh more palatable to yeah. the non-christian but actually i think jesus in all that he is is the package you know i don't need to try to put him in a box so that my friend down the road who doesn't believe him receives him as a missionary of god as a disciple of jesus i actually need to tell people what i've experienced and how amazing he is and point them to the word you know yeah. like it's, it's really that simple there's no special marketing technique because marketing t- techniques came about in like the 50s when they realized, hang on, people want to buy stuff. We should sell some stuff to them. Yeah. You know, before that, the church was growing all over the place without marketing techniques. They were just telling people about the gospel of Christ. Exactly. And so I've been really convicted about that, that like I don't need to package Christ well. I just need to be like on mission as a disciple of his, telling like being one beggar, telling another beggar where to get bread. Like that's what I need to be. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's so key. And I think, that that brings me to my to the next question that I think I've been posed I've posed mm-hmm. and that is why does it seem like to to us why does it seem like being on mission is for the professionals? Good question. Yeah, because again, going back to Matthew twenty eight, Jesus is speaking to his you know eleven disciples plus I think um, if I remember correctly they expect they thought there was a wider crowd there as well mm. of men and women. Um, who were his followers um, just before he obviously ascended and we read a bit more in Acts but we'll get to that Acts verse in a bit but you know he's telling everyone he's not just say, saying to Peter who the church is going to be you know the, the head of the church kind of thing yeah. hey but this one's for you Peter go and make disciples you know or, or Peter just wait there's going to be a guy called Paul and you he, between the two of you you guys are like Peter you're going to reach the, uh, the the Jews and Paul you're going to reach the Gentiles no um He's saying to everyone there, you are my disciples, therefore go. And so Jesus himself doesn't think it's for just the professionals, but yet somehow we've arrived at this point where it's for the professionals. And I think I, I think there's two sides to it. I think on the one side, the, the professionals, air quotes, such as say myself who works at a church, um, we maybe have created an unhealthy thing around it for however long bastards have been around that we're the ones who get to do it you know so you've got your job from your nine to five don't worry just pay your tithes and we'll be the ones preaching the gospel reaching the people um and because hey if if you guys are doing my job why would i have a job you know so like i think that's a part of it but um i don't think that's the full um, i think that's a small part of it and something that i've just had to wrestle with as a pastor to be like you know I'm not the only one who has to do this thing because then we obviously then on the other side of that coin, I think there are people who there 
do believe or feel that if by tithing, by attending church, by maybe volunteering on a Sunday, I've done my bit, the rest is up to the professionals. Um, and again, you have to remind those people that no, it's not. Jesus called all of us to this, not just the guys who do it. Actually, the guys who are getting paid to do it, their job is to organize us for the mission mm. outside of it, right? That's what yeah. we're doing. Like, um, I think it's Ephesians 4.11. That's the work of the shepherds is to equip the saints for the works of the ministry. And so that's my job. My job is to equip you. Yeah. And so together, I'm going to equip you, and then together we're going to go. Like, I'm the army surgeon, sergeant, you're the, the corporal, and I'm going to train you how to do it, and then we're going to go and do this thing for Jesus as disciples together. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think that, so I think that's just how people have arise, arrived at these maybe misconceptions. Yeah, and I think that that reminded me, that answer reminded me of, of a sermon that I heard here at Rosebank Union a number of years back where I can't remember the whole sermon, but I remember two of the main points from the sermon and or the question that was posed, Are we? is the church a hospital or is the church a hardware store? And I think the plane was landed on that in that same sermon that we can, as a church, we are both. Yeah. As a church, we are here for, to help broken people, to, to assist in places where people are hurting. But the pastors and the staff at a church are also here to to equip the followers of Christ, equip the congregations to go out and be on mission, mm. to go out back in the week, to go on Monday morning back to your nine to five, yeah. to speak to Fred in the, in the desk next, to you, next yeah. to you and like just have an open conversation. Know that you have a backing of, of good teaching yeah. and you've got the Bible that you've had a devotion with this morning. Yeah. And you can now speak to Fred about Jesus. And yeah. that's where the, the church comes in to assist us in different areas. Mm. So if we hurt, the church is there for us to have a safe space to talk. But they're also there mainly to equip us and teach us to go out. Like your the, the Ephesians verse says. Was it Ephesians? Yeah, Ephesians. Yeah. yeah, where like the church needs to equip, the shepherds need to equip the followers to go out. Yeah. Spot on. And I think that's so important because we always forget that we're not just here on a Sunday to sit and listen to, to a sermon preached. We're here to sit and listen, but to hear at the same time. Yeah, that's good. And once we've heard, we need to go out and speak. Yeah, yeah I feel like a, a Sunday gathering at church is, is less of a... Uh, well, it is 100% a place for all you who are weary and burdened to come and like offload at Jesus' feet and worship him and hear mm. a message preached. Preach. So it's 100% that. But it's also 100% our like rallying cry for the week to say like, we can do this. So like go back out next week for this coming week and walk with Jesus. Yes. Take Jesus to the people around you. Like it's our, it's like our touch point to go out back into the field. It's almost like our half-time half team chat yeah. if it were a rugby game, right? Like the first half was last week, the second half is next week, and it's just a continual thing going where we get to meet together to rally around the person of Jesus, to go back out, to um, love people more, to love Jesus more, and to be missionaries and disciples of Christ. Yeah. yeah. So important, so, so important. Yeah. I mean... Yo, I think about the, 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 the many small conversations I've had just in my in my small life. 
And yeah, no, if I don't get to see those people come to Christ, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. At least I've been there. I've followed like what I've been told to do mm. and planted that seed. Yeah. Because I think that's all that matters is at least plant the seed. You might not see it fruit, it'll become a tree or bear fruit, mm. but you planted that seed and Jesus will water where yeah. he finds necessary. It's good, bro. I want to bring us to the Acts 1, um, 6 to 8 verse. Uh, just I think it touches on a little bit about like being missionaries here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so this is um, Luke writing now in Acts. <clears throat> and so he writes, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so I love that, like, the, the Great Commission has happened in Matthew. Um, and then there's also this Acts verse that we get to read where, where Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is going to give you power. Um, and also in the Great Commission, the Holy Spirit was promised. So we all know that that's happening. Then Jesus says, it's going to happen here in Jerusalem, then in Samaria and Judea. And then to the ends of the earth, you're right. Yes. And so, like that's that's Jesus's plan. You know, we have missionaries within our church who are doing the mission of God cross culturally in other places, and that's why we employ Jenny Curtin to love and serve and send these people. Um, but then we also employ pastors and everyone else to oversee the mission work that's happening in um, in Jerusalem, which is Johannesburg for us, you know, or maybe yeah. a little bit further outside of town uh, is Samaria. And so we go on like local missions trips, but then to the ends of the earth, Jenny Curtin help us send people, you know, like we all are on the same team as missionaries achieving the mission, which is making disciples of all nations. Yeah. It's, it's really that simple. But again, like we will confuse it and be like, well, I don't need to talk to Fred at the desk next to me about Jesus because I'm not a missionary. Yeah. No, you are a missionary. Either you're a missionary or you're an imposter, <laughs> says Spurgeon. <laughs> so Old Spurgeon, that man. Acts verse is you just can't get away from it. The words of Jesus says yeah. here, there, and everywhere. Um, and so, yeah, we are all missionaries. I just, it's, it's so good. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that Charles Spurgeon hit it on the head there. Every Every verse we read about being on mission takes us straight back to that Charles Spurgeon, Spurgeon, um, ver, uh, verse. Verse. Charles Are you Spurgeon saying Charles Spurgeon's a verse? Quote. Careful, bro. <laughs> <His> <laughs> adding some stuff to our Bible here. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I don't know, missions is such a touchy subject for some, but it shouldn't be. Yeah. Because I, I think what we hope, you know, you know, wrap up in, in a few minutes, but I think my hope as we discuss this, is really just two guys. I mean, like one, a pastor, um, and one, no one knows what you do, Seb. But uh, you, you work up in Santon doing some stuff. But uh, like um, just two friends chatting about what it means to be like in love with Jesus yeah. and taking his word to people to hopefully make disciples. And that is the mission, right? And so yeah, maybe you're listening to this, um, and you've you've sometimes thought it's for the professionals, or they don't know what it's like for me in my Santon job. Like I can't just go talk to someone. Or maybe you work in a school um, that is, you know, a, a public school where you can't actually you can't talk about your faith unless you get asked. But all, all that is to say is that we want to encourage you to say that 
you are, as a disciple of God, as a disciple of Jesus, um, he's called you to be a part of this mm. thing. And so you just have to have faith and step out in it and yeah. trust him. Ask him as you walk around Santon City, as you walk around Rosebank Mall, as you go down to Parkhurst for a coffee. God, if you are Holy Spirit, if you are in me, as Jesus said you would be, and you are, I've given my life to you, you're at play here. The kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. How can I be inviting people into this kingdom? Give me your eyes, God. Walk around and look. And I promise you, you'll find opportunities to just love someone. Yeah. And, 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 and through that love, maybe that generosity or something, there may come an opportunity to share the gospel. And, and there you are being a soldier, a servant of Christ. And so just to encourage you that, it, I mean, I don't have this down. I have to constantly remind myself to do this. I don't know. You said, I don't know. You seem to be talking about Jesus to everyone. But, uh, like, <laughs> I wouldn't say to everyone. There's some people I'm scared of to speak to Jesus or speak about Jesus to. Exactly. Oh. But we just need to have the eyes of Christ and know yeah. that we do have the eyes of Christ because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And therefore we are always on mission. So we just have to be open and be willing to be interrupted by the Holy Spirit yeah, exactly. to pause and go where he wants us to go. Yeah. And we have to discern his voice in those spaces too, because I don't know about you, but yeah. for me, like, when I've had conversations with people or non-Christians or even Christians, um, like the Lord will intercede in that space. He'll, yeah. he'll tell you things to say that you would never know if it wasn't for him. Mm. And I mean, if you, if you're just willing to speak about him to people, he'll, he'll be there with you. It says that in the, at the end of, I mean, if we look at the end of, of the Great Commission. Yes. It says, I am with you always oh, to so the ends of the age. Oh, a promise from Jesus. Yeah. He promises that he, in those conversations, wherever you are, he'll be there. Mm -hmm. He'll be there with you. And so I think we just got to have faith that Jesus will speak. Jesus will open the door. Jesus will mm. show us the people to talk to. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I don't know who this person is. I yeah. found his quote online. His name is is Winky Pratney. Oh, Get when you quote people <laughs> who you don't know, bro. It's interesting, but the quote <laughs> yeah, is yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says, every Christian is a missionary and every non-Christian a mission field. That's cool. And I think we don't need to look at people as mission fields to, to become a, have a relationship with them. But to have a relationship with someone, they need to know your heart. And if your mm -hmm. heart is chasing after Jesus... They become that mission yeah, field automatically great. because you just want to speak to them as much. You want them to chase Jesus as much as you chase mm. Jesus, so it it happens more naturally than you would expect. Yeah, we don't. You don't have to put in as much effort as one would think to speak about Jesus. Yeah. If you just let him work, him mm. speak, it happens quite naturally. Yeah, no, that's so good. Yeah, yeah I think I just want to like cl try clarify something. Cause I'm nervous that I've done it. I haven't done it justice. But um, I remember we have um, a family uh, of missionaries from our, our, our church who work in uh, Central Asia. Mm. And I remember I was um, just praying for them one time. And uh, I like made an excuse almost for some people. So, you know, I was like, I can't remember my prayer exactly, but I remember feeling quite convicted afterwards to say, I, I said sorry to him. Because it was kind of that prayer of, you know, uh, not everyone will go, but just remember, people are also missionaries where they live, work, and play. So if people are feeling like in their hearts about this family, may that translate to them being missionaries here in Santon. 
you know, mm. which is true. But the flip side of that coin is you can't use that as an, as an excuse to not go. Yes. Right? God still needs people to be cross-cultural missionaries. Yeah. will pack up their homes, move their family to new countries with the gospel burning on their hearts for this unreached people group. Yeah. You know, so like it, it's both and. We are all missionaries and we need to be missionaries wherever we are. But God might be tapping you on the heart or preparing you to take you somewhere else. And you have to be so open and ready to pack up your life and move for that purpose. So like it, 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 you've got to hold those two intentions. Yes, we're all missionaries and be a missionary wherever you are. Yeah. At the same time, just pr- make it as if this is training for God to take you to an unreached people group as a cross-cultural missionary, as the mission, as a, a missionary in the traditional sense of the yeah. word, because we desperately need more people like that because there are thousands and thousands, no, there are millions of people dying who don't even know that there was a man called Jesus. And we need to be thinking about those people as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's where I think we need to also make that, that definition known. Like we're not saying, Stay in Santon. Yeah. If you're feeling called somewhere else. Yeah. We're saying, you're here now, so do the work now. Mm. But if tomorrow you're on an airplane to to the Amazon rainforest to go and find some tribe that's never heard, even seen a human, never mind <laughs> heard about Jesus, like that's what your calling is. Sure. So right now, where you are. Be a presence for Jesus. Be that light that Jesus mm. promises we are. But if tomorrow you've moved, if tomorrow Jesus calls you somewhere else, be obedient to Jesus sure. in that space and go. That's so good, Sid. Yeah, because I think we get comfortable. Yeah, we and do. And when we get comfortable, we don't want to listen to Jesus when he calls us, right? 100%. Like, I was even thinking about it when I was a student. It was way easier. I, I would, like, pack up my little Ford and go. I'll go anywhere. Because, like, yeah. what are my responsibilities, you know? But now you know, I've got an awesome wife and I quite enjoy our life. You know, we just moved to a, like a really nice flat. Um, and so, you know, I'm thinking about where do we hang our pictures and yeah. like, you know, are we renting? Should I hang the picture there? Can, you know, these are like these, all these new niceties of life and comforts. And the older we get, I think the more comfortable we get, which means we're less ready to be obedient. There's more to lose rather yeah. to follow Christ across the world. But as people like following Jesus, we have to be ready to die to ourselves at any moment and follow him where he calls us. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, like you say, like comfortability, I think I created a word in the last You podcast, did. It was comfortability, it? wasn't it? It was something, it was, yeah, in our comfortability. Yeah, you said that as a word. And, and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I know it's not a word, but I'm it so definitely Use putting it, it in the dictionary. <laughs> and I think it goes back to the conversation there. In our comfortability, we kind of lose track of of Jesus' call on our lives. Yeah. Because, like you say, as we we buy a house, mm. we have a kid. The kid starts going to school now. Yeah. The kid's comfortable in his school. Yeah. Like, we don't want to take our child out. We don't want to have to sell our house. Mm. We'd rather, it's much easier to just say, oh, Jesus, I'll do that later on in life. Yeah. But, like you said, there's so many people that are dying every day that have never heard about Jesus. Mm. And if they can't hear about him, they'll never know him. Yeah, true. And that should burden our hearts more than the uncomfortability sure. of getting moved. Yeah, that's good, bro. Seb, as always, we could keep riffing, but I think we should call it there. 
Um, I don't. Did anyone submit some questions for us? I, I didn't see any questions on uh, that. Guys, yeah. submit some questions for us. It'll be really cool. Try to stump us. <laughs> yeah. If you could make us not say anything on a podcast. Because we, we, we talk for long. We, yeah. We, yeah. So actually, try stump us. If you want some silence in this podcast, <laughs> please submit some questions. Uh, mostly, we would just love to engage with some people out there who are listening. So if you do have questions, like Seb said, there's the question, uh, there's the WhatsApp hotline on our yeah. website, but also there's DMs on Instagram. Um, comments on on YouTube. Comments on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, we just want to say thank you so much to the people who have tuned in for episode three. Uh, thank you to say at the start of this, we kind of just two muppets with a mic talking about some stuff we've learned. Um, there are, like I, I said, to say there are people out there who are way more intelligent than us, yeah. uh, with way more ministry experience than us, um, and they are there's some really good voices out there for people to listen to. Um, and so I'm, I really hope you are listening to them as well. But the fact that you're here listening to our voices, that's just two dudes figuring out what it means to live Jesus in Rose, uh, Rosemary Union Church in Santon City in Johannesburg. It really means a lot to us that you yeah. listen. So please do send through some questions or just send us a high five on WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. it would be great to hear from you guys. Great to hear from you. Anyways, much love. Hope you guys have a great week further. And Seb, you can close us out. Yeah, thank you for joining and we'll, we'll definitely see you in two weeks. Peace. Have a good one, guys. Bye.